Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by just two of the boys, Matt and Kyle. I just about said Thacker. I'm not even going to cap. Not even going to cap. I just about said Thacker. Anyways, he's not here. He didn't do the homework. Matt did his homework. Matt, I appreciate you. Well, I've been meaning to get it done, and I am very happy that I, I did. Up. That doesn't mean talk. All right, anyways. All right, come on. <laughs> In this episode, we are talking about episode seven of The Last of Us. Again, we are flying through this season, boys. Like, it, it, we are flying right along. All yeah, of a sudden, really the finale finale is just two weeks away. That's All crazy. Of a sudden, just, that is wild. Matt, Matt's just being loud on his end. That's okay, though. I'm not going to edit sorry. that I was moving my mic. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. I heard it too. I'm not editing this out, by the way. If you're listening to this, fuck you. I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> we are about 25, 30 seconds in, and we're already off the rails. I love it. But episode seven of The Last of Us, they do left behind, and fellas, I think they did a really damn good job with it. They're obviously, you know, with all with all the episodes having some time constraints. Obviously, not everything from Left Behind is featured in this episode, but I feel like, and Kyle, I'll let you go first, then Matt, I'll let you follow up. I feel like they did a good job staying pretty true to the source material as a whole. Oh, they definitely did. I mean, we've been saying this whole entire time, the amount of scenes in this show that were ripped directly from the game that looked just so good, that arcade scene, I think I'm going to remember that forever. The whole episode was just fantastic, and one thing that I think really, really stood out to me in this episode versus a lot of other episodes is it was so damn colorful. Compared to all the other episodes, there was so much story being told in the background with where she was taking Ellie and, you know, where, you know, she wanted to go see all of these different wonders of the mall, you know, and it was so cool to see such a different setting for uh, Ellie in still the same world. It's still post-outbreak. But, I mean, it was, you know, it's so hard to explain. It was just so different, but in a good way. I really enjoyed getting to really take in uh, the entire setting of the mall, really getting to, you know, see Ellie uh, kind of, I guess, before she really becomes cold-hearted. Because here... You can see that she still kind of cares, but mostly about her friend. I mean, it's it's very heartwarming to see that she still has some of her humanity left here, which is what I was hoping to see. I wanted to see Ellie before she was broken, before she had lost everyone and everything and where she is now. I think this episode did it perfectly, and I, I gotta say... This might be my favorite episode so far, just because of... It was damn good, yes. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of action, but just the dialogue, the setting, the, you know, everything was so good. It was so heartwarming. It was, I I, I mean, such a... uh, I'm trying to think of another word other than heartwarming. I've said that like 40 times. Like, it's such a touching episode. All the way up to the end, I think this one might end up being my favorite, just... Because, it, you know, it was something they didn't have to do. Left Behind was DLC. It was added content and was not originally part of the story. And they did not have to do this to consider it The Last of Us. The fact that they did and did it so well deserves more credit than I can give them. Matt, we've talked a lot about casting 
in this show so far. And so far, it feels like every casting decision has been an absolute home run. You know, we talk about Lamar Johnson as Henry. He was awesome. Gabriel Luna as Tommy. He's been awesome. I'm not so sure. And, and, and you know, Nico Parker, as well as Sarah early on, she was phenomenal as well. I'm not so sure that Storm Reed hasn't been the best casting decision so far, though, because I thought she nailed this role as Riley. Oh, yeah. Uh, Riley was really well, really well casted. Um, the thing was, I I really literally had just got done uh, completing the the DLC from the game, doing my homework like we talked about. Thank and God. I rewatched I rewatched the episode because I think you get a, a different perspective when you actually have like when you play the game and you're watching the show. As someone who didn't watch the you know, as someone who didn't um play the DLC before I watched the episode, I went back went and played the DLC and then I rewatched the episode to see if my perspective changed at all and it didn't really change. Like it, it is still a phenomenal episode and right out of the gate, Riley, Riley was the star of the episode as much as I love Ellie, as much as, you know, of Joel and everybody, Riley was, th- this was her episode and I'm really glad they told her story uh, pretty much to a T like in the game. And another thing I did love about this episode is how we got a look more look into the QZ and Ellie's life there. Like her, you know, in her tracksuit, you know, they're doing their runs and then she has that conversation um, with the officer. He's basically telling her, you can be, you know, you, you can be a do slave labor and just, you know, go out there or you, you know, you can be above and, you know, be a, be a officer. And, you know, Ellie's not, she, she's not about that. And that's what I loved about when Riley was introduced and, you know, we, we got the history about, you know, their friendship and where Riley went and how she became a firefly. Uh, It felt ripped right out of the game. And I, the the acting just, it it stands above so many other shows and it's going to be something that sticks with me by the time that the show ends. Like it's going to be the most, you know, memorable casting choices and like, it's 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 not going to be something that when it ends, you know, we're going to be like it's going to stick with us for a long time. I agree. You know, there's it, it's getting to the point where it's really hard to rank these episodes. You know, it is really hard to kind of put these episodes in order of okay, what episode do you think is the worst? What do you think is the best? And especially we know still kind of what's to come, and we know who we're going to see acting wise. And I know a couple actors in particular that we're all very excited to see moving forward. Yes. Um, but this episode again, in terms of it being more of a high emotional, character driven episode with a little bit of action mixed in, there's absolutely some action near the end that's mixed in. Uh, it, it succeeds in all ways, shape and form, in every way, shape and form, in my opinion. And obviously, like there's a couple things that they had to take out a little bit. You know, in in the game, I remember that there's this one moment where you find kind of this outpost of this soldier that both Riley and Ellie knew from the QZ. I believe his name is Winston in the game. Um, And you end up finding, I think it was some whiskey that he left behind. You end up drinking it and it makes them both, it makes Ellie just, you know, gag her guts up, you know? So there's certain things like that that are kind of taken out. Right. But I feel like what they left in was phenomenal. And and, and the stars, the episode 100%, the chemistry between Bella Ramsey and Storm Reed, my God. Like Bella Ramsey just has taken to this role so naturally, 
you know, every week I find myself believing more and more that this is Ellie. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I haven't seen Ashley Johnson say anything about Bella Ramsey. I'm sure she probably has somewhere. I feel like Ashley Johnson should be very proud of the work that Bella Ramsey has done with done as Ellie. Uh, because she's get, gotten better in this role every week, kind of similar in the game. You know, Ellie grows on you over time. You don't immediately love her. You know, you learn to love her by the end of the game, and that's kind of what Bella Ramsey has done so far. Uh, let's talk about the scene at the very end, because it, another big change, they're not really chased down by a bunch of runners. Instead, it's just kind of one runner that gets loose that ends up biting both of them. Do we, do we think that that change worked? I personally did, but I'm interested to hear what you two think. Oh, yeah, I thought it worked because, again, you know, this show, it doesn't need to go over over the top. Like, just, I think, a single runner, it just shows how much of a threat that the infected are. Like, you don't need a whole bunch of them to be a threat. There was just one that was giving them trouble, and there was just one that bit Ellie and and, and, uh, and Riley. So I, I don't, I don't see why the change was um, unnecessary. Like, I don't see why anybody wouldn't, you know, why it would bother anybody. Yeah, I honestly think that the way that they are doing it in this show, showing the threat of the infected with, I would say, as minimal and maximum effort where it's due. Because if you remember the very beginning, you know, when Joel was carrying Sarah and he was just running through that story, it was just one runner that was coming after them. But that motherfucker was so fast and throughout yes. the show, we have seen instances where in, you know, the museum, it was just a single clicker, and it nearly took out Joel, Tess, and Ellie. I mean, it, it was, you know, really emphasizing that a single one of these monsters is, you know, a huge threat. But at the same time, they have had scenes like Tess's death and like the uh, the scene... In, um, I want to say it was episode five, where at the very yes. end, we got to see the bloater. Those episodes where there were masses of infected on screen, I think definitely amplified that threat of terror. And I'm glad that it's not constant. Because if I was constantly running, because in the game, it's a little bit different. You know, you're you're always running into infected because that's part of the game, you know. But in the show... It's a little bit different because if you were to see them every five minutes, I don't think they would be as terrifying. Kind of like the jump scares from Callisto Protocol where it was every so yes. often. They just, you know, at a certain point, they I knew they were coming. So if, you know, every episode we had scenes of Joel and Ellie, you know, sneaking through houses, I'd be like, oh, there's going to be a clicker on the other side of that door. It's going to be a bloater, you know, down in that basement. There's going to be infected there. But I really enjoy the surprises of I, I have played the game, you know, to and from, and I don't know when the infected are going to show up in this show. It is so well done because when they do show up, you almost hold your breath. It's just, such an adrenaline moment and that final scene in this episode where it was just one infected that attacked riley and ellie i feel like that definitely did its job where it showed that just one i mean it's just, it's all it takes and you know it's it's very interesting to see the way that ellie reacts because 
up until that very point, you almost got this feeling of Ellie just doesn't care about anything or anyone. She really didn't seem to care if life went on or ended. And I don't believe that it was necessarily Ellie herself getting bit that caused her to have that reaction. I believe it was seeing her friend's life coming to an end, knowing that this is the end for the last person that she cares about. Bella Ramsey had such a great performance in that scene. I mean, the emotion was felt. And that's just my personal interpretation, but I I feel like the reason she had that outburst was because her friend got bit. Because if it were just Ellie, I believe she probably would have just accepted it. She would have said, this is it, you know, it's over. Because Ellie didn't really have anything to lose except for that one last friend. No, I think you're spot on. I I think that's a great way of looking at it, too. And you see kind of the difference in the reactions. Riley kind of almost seems like she's just kind of accepted it and accepts it very, very quickly. And Ellie's obviously in a fit of rage the entire time. And I think that the parallels there are very, very interesting. Obviously, because, you know, they do make a point that Riley is a couple years older than Ellie. and, And I'm sure that part of that also is that Riley's been involved with the Fireflies as well so she's just a little bit more disciplined a little bit more you know her her way of thinking is a little bit more methodical than say ellie who's just been you know kept in a federal you know military school essentially so i i I loved the interaction and i loved the the, that they kept there there's certain lines of dialogue from the game that i love that they keep and one of my favorite ones from the game is when you know you get to the end of left behind and you know she talks about how you know, they, they talk about their options, essentially. And the option they end up settling on is, you know, we could be all poetic and just lose our minds together. And I love that they brought that line back. I love that that was one of the lines that made it into the show because it's such a great line in the game. Because it's another, because you hear, it's a line you hear twice. You hear it in Left Behind, and then you hear Ellie reference Riley saying that at the end of the game. So it, it's just such a good line, and I'm so glad that it made its way into the game. Again, I think a phenomenal episode. Back on the topic of the the infected, I think what I th- I think what the show is doing right is they are not necessarily telling you that the infected are a threat, and they don't have to. They're not shoving them in your face over and over again. They're doing it just enough to remind you that they're out there, and that they can strike at any point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how safe you think you are. The infected can attack at any point. And you know they're out there. They're always kind of that looming threat. The show has done such a great job of building tension. And I absolutely love the way it's done that. I I, I want to talk about something else related to this episode that's not exactly the episode. And, and we here at Side Mission, we don't typically get into stuff like this. But I think it's time to finally call some stupid shit out. Because it happened to episode three. And the score's not very low. It's still, I think, like an 8 out of 10, the last time I checked IMDb. Um, and I know that, you know, the score for this one has been impacted by us, too. People have got to stop fucking review bombing shit just because there's something that's that's homosexual in it. We have got to stop doing that. It is so dumb at this point. Yeah. As a Christian, I may not agree with the idea of homosexuality, but my God, I also believe in being who you are and being who you think you are, being the real you. I believe in that, and I support that thought 100%. I think that it's stupid that people are review bombing it. They did the same thing to episode three. Episode three was a phenomenal episode. 
and they've done so far the same thing here. I haven't looked at the score recently, but I know that last, you know, last I heard it was sitting around like, you know, the middle of the eights, like eight, five, eight, four, something like that. And I think this is a nine and a half out of 10 episode. It's a great episode. I just think that review bombing is stupid as shit regardless. Yeah, and I know the three really of us is. all think that review bombing, yeah. like how hard is it? If you don't like something, how hard is it to just change the channel? I mean, honestly, is that? It, it takes more effort for you to go online and write out your stupid-ass rant that nobody gives a fuck about. Because here's the thing. If I'm looking at reviews for the show, it's because I watched it and I'm interested to see what critics are saying. I'm not there for your little dumbass review bomb. I don't like what's in your show. It's too fucking bad. Watch something else. That's <laughs> not my problem, but the Nobody's fact that... Nobody's got a gun to your head. Nobody has a gun to your head Literally. making you watch it. Like, just click off the show if you don't want to see that. Like, And here's the thing. For, for people that have played the game, you can't be shocked. Like, yeah. it's not hidden in the game at all that Ellie is gay. It is not hidden in the show at all. It's not. It's or it's not hidden in the in the game at least. In the game now, I will tell you that Bill. It was very clever. They hid it very very cleverly in the game. It was kind of hidden in plain sight, but you know they were very very clever about it. I, I just think that review bombing and Matt, you can give your take on it if you have a take on it. Absolutely, but I just don't understand the point anymore, bro. Like it takes so much more energy to be a hater. Like th there was a great tweet I saw. I can't remember what NBA player posted it. And it said, if you don't quit anything in 2023, stop being a hater. It's so stupid. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Review bombing is probably one of the most, it, it's a result of that show is one of the most toxic parts of, you know, not just the gaming community, but social media entirely. It man. All, all media. Yeah. Like, I, I hate the fact that there are, are like fan reviews on things like that that can affect, like, you know, scores. But, like, you know, we watched it. We knew what to expect. And, like, you disagree with something. It's like what you said. Just change the channel. You, you know, you know what they're setting up, Ellie. Ellie, Ellie is, like, fully gay. You know, yes. they're not they're not hiding it. They were, they were never going to hide it. They're not going to hide it to please people. And why so, should they? Exactly. So if if you're new to the series and you're, and you're finding out for the first time that Ellie's gay, then just, you might just stop now because, you know, in the future, you're you're just gonna hate the show even more. I just, you know, the people that have there, there's something I saw. They called it woke filler or whatever. That's that's the word woke has got to be the most overused word in the English language right now. Oh, it yeah. has, oh, it yeah. has got to be. So we'll get off our soapbox from there. I just wanted to say that review bombing is absolutely stupid. And if you waste your time and your effort to be to review bomb something, God, you need to take an honest look in the mirror. But Fellas, big next episode. Massive. Massive. Oh, we get to meet another key character. We get to finally meet David. Yeah. And the cool part, it looks like Troy Baker is going to be playing the role of James. You know, the, the other the other member of that group. I'm not going to say, I won't say specifically what, you know, what group they're a part of for anyone that doesn't want to be spoiled, that hasn't played the game and wants to go into this episode and be surprised by what they see because... Obviously, the three of us have all played the game. We know what's coming. We know what this group does. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's it's pretty it's pretty dark. Uh, so I you know I don't want you know I don't want to pull. I'm excited to see Troy Baker. I think Ashley Johnson is also supposed to make an appearance. That's really cool. Not, yeah. not in this episode. I know for a. I'm pretty sure it's either this episode or the finale. She's going to be making an appearance as well, fellas. I'm just excited to see Troy Baker. I was excited for Jeffrey Pierce. I'm really excited to see Troy Baker. 
Yes, yeah, he's same. fantastic. Honestly, you, you know how we got Nolan North to do our intro one time? I'd love to get one from Troy Baker. That would be so dope. I think what I like about Troy Baker, one of my favorite voice actors, is that you know, so many people that are celebrities can be asshats for no reason. He is absolutely not one of them, though. He, he, he from every interview you see, just a phenomenal dude. And, and Matt, I know, I know you're a big fan of Troy Baker as well. I'm just excited to see him in this role. I can't wait to see him act. Like, that's not voice acting. Yeah. I can't yes. wait to see that. Yep, exactly. I've never seen, I've never seen him do anything outside of voice work. So I'm very excited to see, like, his acting chops. Same. I, so, I, I really yeah. can't wait to see him do some live action because, you know, not that, he isn't already, you know, huge. But after this, how cool would it be to see him in other live action, you know, adaptations? You know, because he's already done a lot of voices for a lot of games. And we have plenty of video games that are getting looked at for live action adaptations. It'd be cool to see him star in one, be be the helm of it. You know, I, I think that Troy Baker is definitely... Such a wholesome person, like you were saying, in a lot of interviews that oh, you see with him, person. he's so humble and down to earth. He knows that he is a damn good voice actor, but he's just so humble about it. And it's something I think it's missing in, uh, I don't want to necessarily say Hollywood these days, but I think just among celebrities as a whole, we need more Troy Bakers. I think, and I, I... I've I've said this now, again. You just look at the long list of games that Troy Baker has done. He's he's done voice work for the Saints Row series, for Last of Us, for the for Batman Arkham Origins. He was you know he was the Joker. You know a legendary role that Mark Hamill has played. You know over and over again. You know he was Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. He he he's been in so many. He's in God of War 2018. So you know it's. He has been in so many big games, and I think that one day, and maybe this episode's kind of gone into a little bit of a different direction, and if it has, I'm sorry, but I think that when Troy Baker's career is done, I think we're going to talk about him in the same breath that we talk about guys like Kevin Conroy and like Mark Hamill. I honestly, I really do think that Troy Baker is one of the greats in voice acting. Right, right there next to Nolan North. Nolan North has been in everything. Nolan's up there. <laughs> I would say Tara Strong's up there. Yes. Like Jennifer Hale. Like uh, Troy Baker is one of the best of all time, and he's still got hopefully a very long career ahead of him. So that is a good place I think to wrap this episode up. So that's going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Matt, for Kyle, for Thacker's non-existent, non-homework-doing ass. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm Thanks for listening. <laughs>